0: And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seagred. we didn't warn you
1: hey boys and girls welcome to scene red i'm david k montoya first off happy halloween i uh, this is one of my favorite times of the year i love halloween season i love everything about it the creepiness the horror movies the costumes the candy um it's just absolutely one of my favorite times of the year um so this week, I know that Scene Red, we already put out uh, an episode on Monday, but I figured that I wanted to give you something to enjoy for the Halloween season. What I came up with is last year, it was, it was for Halloween. Uh, I was doing a podcast with Terry D. Shearer called, uh, Shear Darkness. And, um, we did a, Halloween special now mind you I knew during this time that things were kind of on the outs with uh the podcast I knew that ratings was kind of down and I knew that Terry was you know thinking about calling it quits now this was released on last year this was released exactly last year on Halloween um October 31st 2013 And though we put it out, I knew that there wasn't too many episodes left. Because like I said, we put put it out in October and the final episode of Sheer Darkness came to a conclusion at the end of November. So like a month later, you know, there was the show ended. So people didn't get a chance to really enjoy uh, the Halloween special. So that's where I come in today, kids. I think this week, for uh, a nice little treat for Halloween, I'm going to pull up the Halloween edition. And what we did is, Terry Shearer and I, we sit down and we talked ghost stories. We talked supernatural incidences. And it was really fun. It was really creepy. So hopefully that you're listening to this now, you know, after you've taken the kids out, or you yourself have gone out, done some trick-or-treating, and... Now you're home, there's nothing left to do, uh, maybe you're you're tired of watching scary movies. So turn down the lights and relax and enjoy because this is going to be really, it's like almost sitting around listening to ghost stories around a campfire. That's what type of uh, atmosphere that we have this week. Uh, it's Terry D. Shearer and I, and we sit down and we talk scary stuff for this special Halloween edition. Up seeing red,
2: what we're going to do is talk about true life paranormal events <clears throat> that'll be fun from our own personal experience, or you know, close to being personal experiences. So that's what we're going to do tonight now. David would you like to start with something from your personal experience of odysseys
1: Absolutely but first let me say turn down the lights get comfy get cozy and enjoy the show <clears throat> I think one of the one of the things that Let's see, where do I want to start? Uh, Let's do, I remember I was real young, and much like you, you know, I I lived with my grandmother for a very long period of time. And she lived in this old house. It was an apartment. And um, it it was interesting because the way the house was set up was you would go in, and then there was a living room and then you could turn to your left, and there's the kitchen, or you could go straight from the front door and go into a back room. And then from that back room, you take another left, and there's another bedroom. And the reason why I set up the floor plan is because out of that entire floor plan, there was only one built-in closet. And I remember very vividly... um, my uncle, um someone that you know, SM Morton, her husband, uh, my it my is, uncle Sean, right. he would go and he used to just torture me. Um, you know, I don't know if it was just because I was a roly poly kid that could easily be picked on or, you know, or whatever. But I remember that he would lock me in the closet, and this was the only closet in the entire house. And I remember hearing these voices. And the voices were not human voices. I think I should put that out on Front Street first. Um, while it was in English, the origin of these vo- voices just... I don't really know how to explain it to unless you heard it yourself. They were just... They were not human voices.
2: Demonic. Yes. Yes. From the void.
1: And, um, one of them was always wanting me to, to play, you know, come play, come play with me, come play with us. And, um, the more I tried to ignore it, the more angrier it became. Into the point where they were talking about, you know, how delicious my soul smelled and, and that I was going to take, I was going to be dragged to hell, you know, that type of thing. And that, that, I think that was actually my very first paranormal experience. And this is not made up. This is not something that, you know, I created off of a whimsy or anything like this. This really happened. And as I'm sitting here, you know, the hair is standing up on the edge of my arms and I'm getting goosebumps, just kind of reflecting back on it.
2: Did anything else ever happen in the house, you know, either to you or to anybody else that you know about that would indicate there might have been some sort of spirit residing there?
1: Well, that's where the exorcism happened. Oh. Um, Okay. That's yeah. That that's... was the same
2: that wasn't the same uncle, was it? No,
1: no. Uh, no. My mom has one one uh, let's see. I'm trying to think about this. Yeah, she has two two brothers, so I have two uncles. One <clears throat> one that's just uh a couple years younger than her. And then she has the baby, Sean, which is well he's he's only seven years older than I am so but yeah these are two different two different things
2: you might also mention <clears throat> for those of our listeners who aren't aware that your family was highly religious
1: yes they they were very hellfire brimstone you know um my my grandma, well, she was my great grandmother, you know, um, very old fashioned Pentecostal. Right. And, you know, obviously the more that time goes on, the less strict, you know, beliefs are. But her being born in 1908 and, and growing up around that time, you know, she was just very, very strict. Right. And with that, yes, the entire family was, um, not the entire, you know, I mean, like <clears throat> a lot of my aunts and uncles, while they, they do have a faith, they're, they're not practicing in any type of faith. So I think up until that point of when my aunts and uncles, you know, were born and, and they grew up in the seventies and, you know,
2: they just kind of found their own way. Right. Well, what? all right. Since you brought it up already. Why don't you go into the exorcism if you feel like it. <clears throat> okay.
1: What what brought
2: that about?
1: Now, I actually tried to tell this story <clears throat> <clears throat> on... Uh, I, I was guesting over at Don't Get us Started. And um, I was just about to start telling the story. Oh, yeah, right, right. Okay. So if I start the story and the mic cuts out on me, I'm not going to tell the story. Okay. Because it's definitely... Um, Something telling me not to tell the story. Okay. The story takes place in in the mid-80s. My mom's older brother, um, two, three of his cousins, they were all at this apartment. Um, In fact, when my mom and my biological dad were together, that's where they lived. In fact, when I, a, a few episodes ago, you know, I was talking about early childhood memories and remember my dad holding yeah. me and my mom busting her, her fist through the window. Right, right. That's the same place. Uh-huh. Um. So they, at the time, were very, very heavily into narcotics, you know, whatever it was. There was, you know, speed and blow and crank and they, they did it all. And one night... In their sleeplessness, they got bored. So they decided that, you know, they were going to play a game. And what it was is somebody pulled out <clears throat> a Ouija board. And I, I'm pretty sure I think I know who it was, but I'm not 100% sure. You know, it was one of the cousins. And so they didn't have, um, oh, what's the word? You know, the the pointer? Planchette. it. Yes. Um, so they used a whiskey glass and they were, and in the beginning they were asking stupid stuff. Um, you know, like, am I going to get pussy tonight? And they go to no, you know, and they'd all laugh, ha, 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 you know, and then it was my uncle and it asked, uh, who are you? And it says an angel and and then he would go well angel what what's your name angel and it would go l i g h t angel light and um with any anybody that knows you know religious upbringing um the angel light is lucifer satan <laughs> and um you know again my uncle was thinking it was just the others just giving him shit, you know, being silly. And, uh, he was like, oh, so you're telling me you're the devil. And it kept going. Yes, yes, yes. And he was like, oh, fuck you. You're a liar. And then while the Ouija board, you know, while they still have the fingers on the, the, um, shot glass, it started going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And um, <clears throat> then the shot glass just shot off. There was no way, the way that they had their fingers on, because I've confirmed this with the other cousins, there was no way that anybody could get enough projectory or force to have that much projectory to you know, shoot the glass off because you have your fingers right on top of the brim of you know, the shot glass. Well they they just kind of let it go and they did some more you know I think it was speed the choice was of the night was uh, or the drug of choice was speed and <clears throat> my uncle who had been up he had been tweaking for I, I want to say like five or six days at this point he mm-hmm. finally fell asleep and um, what woke him up was his his mouth was moving. There was two, the best way to describe it, it was two voices having a conversation. Two separate voices. One was like in Latin and the other one was in some weird other language. I don't remember what he said. But the thing was, is the voices were coming out of his mouth. And. Sorry, huh? Really? Uh...
2: <clears throat> What's that? I said, really? Yes, yes.
1: And, you know, him still, well, at this point he's coming down, but he's still kind of high. He's kind of like taking it all in as as two voices are conversating with each other from his mouth. And he thinks to himself, wow, this is like a movie. And then the voice, one of the voices, again from his mouth said, this isn't no fucking movie, boy. And... From what I was told again, um, he looked up, and as he looked up, there was like, <clears throat> and this is his explanation, so I have to take it for what it is and the way I see it. He said it was like watching a million different TV screens plastered all over the ceiling, but on each screen was some type of, you know, somebody who was getting mutilated, someone, you know. Any type of quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, sin was playing on this. And a old man's head was in the center of the ceiling. And the old man said, well, I want you to kill your cousin Larry, which Larry was there with him. You know, he was one of the, the cousins. Yeah, yeah. So without even thought he jumps up goes into the kitchen grabs a butcher knife and walks into Larry's room now by this time everybody's you know off of the drugs and they're, they're coming down and they're asleep and he said that he walks into the room he's standing at the foot of the bed with a butcher knife and he's and in, in the voice the voices are telling him you know kill him Kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. And somewhere he was able to pull enough strength of his own to grab my, my cousin Larry by the feet and pulls him out of bed. And the the last thing that he remembers saying is telling Larry to get him to my grandmother's, my grandma Ruby. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing he remembers. Um, incidentally, I was there when oh, they, they, you know, pulled up and, um, they got them back into the back of the room and my, my grandmother started praying for him, trying to, you know, again, quote unquote, cast demons out. Um, uh, and she realized that she wasn't strong enough to do this. So she had the family come over and, and they all came and they were praying. And even with 10 to 12 people there trying to, you know, cast the demon out, they weren't strong enough. In unison, they weren't strong enough. And so even with 10 people, 10 to 12 people there trying to pray for them, these creatures were still in them and they weren't coming out. And I remember... Uh, my stepdad was there, Randy, and he took me by the hand. And he, he, I remember him saying that he wasn't strong enough to be there. And we actually talked about this a few weeks ago off mic. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just one of those things that will always be in question because he's no longer with us. And, uh, I, I just, you know, there's so many different ways to interpret that. So anyway, um, him and I, we stepped out. Well, first, the first before we did that, we went out in the living room, and they called their pastor. And oh, wait, I'm missing a big point. I'm missing a good thing. Let yeah. me back up. Yeah. Okay. Be- before we we left the room, now my my uncle did not have a shirt on; he was just bare chested, and it it looked like. The best way to see it is if if you've ever seen like Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy's pressing against the wall and his head's coming out against the wall, yeah, it's it looks like that, but instead of it being a wall, it's the wall of the stomach. It's like something's trying to push through the stomach. So, uh, yes, yeah. you, you saw that. I seen that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> trying not to creep self out. So. So we've seen that. And I think at that point is when my stepdad took us out into the living room and we waited for our pastor to arrive. And, and mind you, you know, while we're out in the living room, they're still back there praying, trying to get this demon out, demons. And he finally comes in. And when he comes in, I end up going out, you know, my, my stepdad and I, we literally go out of the house. And what happens next is what I'm told. I don't see this part. Um, but as he's trying to pray himself, um, he he doesn't have the strength and the ability to remove these demons. So he leaves for a minute. Well, it was more than a minute. He left, the pastor left, and then he came back and he had a little vial. I remember seeing the vial because he was holding it, you know, kind of pristine, pristine, fuck, I can't say it. He was holding it very careful because it was very it was supposed to be sacred. And what ended up happening was um they the men of the house holds my uncle down. They and he pours the water and it was holy water down his throat. And different family members are like, We're not Catholic. You know, it's that's not gonna work. That's a Catholic thing. And I'm I remember that um the the pastor had said something about it wasn't the actual water. It was the symbolism of the water is is pretty much what did it. And from that point, um, my uncle started dry heaving, and I don't know if he actually threw up or not, but that's kind of what the story goes is he throws up and, and kind of throwing up the demons. And from that point, he was no longer possessed Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that that's kind of like that's that's still talked about to this day 30 years later you know from different family members is his uncle still around yes um
2: i mean is he around here or is he in arkansas or something
1: no he lives he lives here in apple valley oh no kidding yes Hmm. um he lives with his youngest sister um that's yeah. in fact he lived with my mom, Aaron and Rebecca. Um and Aaron got an altercation with. Oh that's the guy, yeah. That's yeah, him, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just gonna say it it's um I know saying it because I've I've said this story a couple times recently I, I know it may sound kind of far-fetched, and, and people might even think I'm making this up, but I I promise you, people, I am not making this up. I remember seeing those things in the stomach, and...
2: and uh... Well, yeah, that's entirely possible. And <clears throat> um, <clears throat> not to take anything away from the story, but... Interestingly enough, while you were telling this story, and this is like the second time I've heard it. Yes. I recall something from my own past. Oh. It has nothing to do with possession or anything. But <clears throat> there was a time when I was younger mm-hmm. when I used to tweak a little bit. He, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we all have.
2: And... uh I think it was like a third or fourth day in a row or something like that. And I began speaking in a language I did not know. Really? Yes. And it wasn't just a few words. It was like sentence after sentence after sentence. And it was gibberish to me. But something in my head was telling me that I was actually saying something. You know? Right. And I I don't know whether I I had a hallucination or whether it was just a dream, but it was so realistic I could smell what was happening. And The hallucination was that I was in a desert, and I fell down on the ground, on the sand, basically. Mm -hmm. And I could smell the heat and, the I don't know what it was, just sweat and dirt and grease and shit and whatever. And as I'm laying there with my face in the sand, I see... Boots, people in boots, running, combat boots, running okay. by. Well, two days later, we invaded Iraq. Oh, shit. Well, not we personally, but I mean the United States. Right, right. We invaded to rea- uh, react, Iraq. And I'm just wondering if what I was saying and what I saw was like a premonition of the forthcoming war the, something happening in the war somebody you know in the battle part of the, the war you know anyway that was weird that i just remembered that when you were talking about the voices and and, and <clears throat> shit do you think it's it's
1: you get to that point now for me i, I even when i did speed i could do a line of speed and, and turn around, and go right to sleep. That's just my body didn't really. It didn't affect me as much as it did, like say Lacey or something. Oh yeah, I know. But Some um, are like that. But do you think being awake for you know multiple <laughs> days kind of lightened your
2: your sense of? Um... Well, uh, Indian shaman, you know when they go out into the wilderness to have their visions, they stay awake for three and four days at a time. Ah. And they have visions. Now, whether it's because the brain is misfiring because it's Deprived. deprived of sleep, right, or whether you actually open up a section, a part of your brain, to something else that's out there, you know, from sleep deprivation. I don't know, but uh, something happens.
1: That's very interesting because, again, you know, I I was never one of those type of people that would stay up for days at a time. Um, it just didn't have that
2: effect on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's interesting.
2: Um, but. <clears throat> Other things like that kind of happened when I was on speed for long periods of time. I remember another time that uh, my wife and I were using together, and she walked out of the room to go into the kitchen to get something, and I thought, God, I wish she'd bring me back something to drink because I was really thirsty and she turned around and came back into the room and she said, what'd you say? And I said, "I said, well, I didn't actually say anything, but I, I was just wondering if you'd bring me back something to drink. And she goes, oh, sure. Wow. I know. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and, you know, it's just weird shit like that that you don't even really think about at the time because you're so fucked up. Right. But uh, you wonder about it later on when you you know come down and you think wow that was really weird
1: um let's see what's another good one i was
2: well what what are you going to say
1: oh i was trying to think of another story Ah, well i have one okay
2: it is my show i (laughs) no, sorry i forgot yeah i know uh this one didn't actually happen to me but it happened to my son And, uh, I wrote a story about this called Damp, D-A-M-P, which was published in a uh, paranormal magazine a few years ago, but this is a true story. I got it from two separate sources and, uh, my, my son used to be married to a, a psychic. Right. Lady psychic. And, uh. She had, well, they had. A lot of things happen to them. Um, Possibly because since she was psychic, she drew spirits to her. And they were living down near the South Bay in Southern California. And there are a lot of... uh, inland waterways and whatnot that uh, drain out into the ocean, and there are a lot of uh, tide pools and bays and backwaters and stuff out there. So anyway, they were in this apartment living. My son got up one morning, and he was going to go into the kitchen. He walked into the hallway, and he stopped, and he said, Hey, honey, honey, maybe you should come out here. And his wife got up and she walked over next to him and looked down the hall and there was a guy standing at the end of the hallway. A guy they had never seen before who was just wearing trousers and he had long, stringy hair and the guy was soaking wet. In fact, he was so wet that he was dripping water onto the rug. And, uh... They knew right away that this was an apparition. So his wife says, what do you want? And the man just opened his mouth and water poured out of it. And then he was gone. Oh, shit. That would creep me out. And his wife just said, well, what would you like for breakfast this morning, dear? and walked off into the kitchen. And my son, you know, I mean, she's used to that kind of shit. But my son never did get used to weird shit happening like that. So he walked over to where the guy was standing and there was a big stain on the carpet. And he reached down and, and touched it and it was damp from water. No shit. Yeah. So anyway, um, a couple of days went by or something, I guess. And, and they had a... Uh, they were babysitting a uh, neighbor's kid or something one evening. And uh, my son and his wife were in the uh, in the living room. And uh, the little girl was was in their bedroom playing with dolls or something. And then she came out into the living room and she said, Can you make that man stop looking at me? And my son jumps up and he goes, What man? Because there was no one else in the apartment. And she right. goes, she goes, he's in, your, he's in your closet, and he keeps staring at me. So he raced in there, and opened, well, the closet was already open, but he looked in the closet, and there was nobody there, but on the floor there was a wet stain, you know, from water or something. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> the third time the guy appeared in their apartment, his wife tried to talk to him again. And he couldn't speak, but he stared at her for a minute or so before he disappeared. And then she went to the phone and she called the local sheriff's office. Now, she had actually worked with the sheriff's department before on a couple of cases being a psychic. So she had contacts there at the sheriff's office and she called the guy she usually worked with, and <clears throat> told him that they needed to go into the back bay at a certain location and look for a dead guy. And since the, the officer knew her knew her knew who she was, he didn't even bother asking what she was talking about. He just said, okay, I'll do that. And three or four hours later, they called her back and said, we found a body in the water. It was a young guy in his twenties, a homeless guy that had apparently slipped and fell or something and hit his head and drowned in the water i mean in the in the bay there and uh, once the body had been found, the apparition stopped appearing but uh, that's a true story. Shit like that does happen. you
1: see that I was gonna say that frightens me, you know. And I, I mean, well, I, I yeah, know. That's,
2: that would be a weird, weird kind of shit to happen. But <clears throat> I mean, even in the in the in the house they they lived in uh, for years and years, the house that I lived in for a while with my with both my kids, <clears throat> um, after the grandparents died, they started having shit happened. Like, they'd walk into the kitchen and all the cupboard doors would be open. Hmm. You know. And they would, you know, hear knocking on the walls and, you know, talking voices and shit like that. And they, that crap happened until they, they had to move out of the house. Oh, not that bad, huh? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. My son's mother sold the house out from under him. Ah. So they had to move. But okay. I mean, up until they moved, that shit was happening for you know, off and on for a long time. <clears throat> but again, since his wife was psychic to that point, uh, it could have been that she drew spirits to her. So But you know Right Shit happens.
0: And now a word from our sponsors.
1: I I don't know I I've seen like apparitions and, and and stuff like that, but I've never seen anything in that form. I don't know how I'd handle that. I'd probably piss myself. Well, yeah,
2: but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but what about the the weird shit you've seen? You know, I mean, I know you told me the stories about the, the little beaver house. You know?
1: Well, well, yeah. Over uh, I lived on. Here in Apple Valley, there's a street uh, called Little Beaver. You know, insert joke there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. um, And Lacey, Jaden, and I, this was before Zoe was born. You know, um, we lived there for eight years. And at first, there wasn't really nothing. There was nothing abnormal about it. And I think it was around the time when Lacey's mom... Uh, because she lived with us for a long time, um, she moved to Nevada to to be with her mm, soon-to-be yeah. husband. I think that was around the time is when she, weird shit started happening. Hmm. And I remember that while she was living there, she was she was kind of looking into finding a religion that worked for her. <clears throat> so and i know she looked into you know several different types of, of beliefs and i've i've never been one to you know give anybody a hard time about that you know whatever you know everybody needs a belief something to believe in so i didn't give no hard time but it was it was about after that time when she laughed is when i started noticing things and the first thing that i noticed was that there was a dog that would run around in the house and every time i would go to yell at my dog because i'd see it on my peripheral i'd be like cody and he'd be like down at my feet Uh, and um i really didn't think much of it because i didn't have uh you know like i wasn't in danger my family wasn't in danger
2: so i just kind of like "Eh." you know so seeing a, a phantom dog running through your house didn't bother you Believe it or not, it didn't,
1: because again, I didn't, I didn't see it as, uh,
2: dangerous or... Okay, but you, you understood (laughs) that you were seeing something that shouldn't be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay.
1: Um, I was a little bit more disturbed when I seen the kids. There was two kids that would run around. (laughs) Um... Again, it wasn't threatening, but it was more disturbing. Yeah, okay. And when Jaden was a little boy, he would come into our room. And now, mind you, after Lacey's mom left, that became Jaden's room. Right. And he would come in there and tell us, will you make them stop? I'm trying to go to sleep. And, you know, mind you, Jaden had no no comprehension to, you know, supernatural or anything like that. He just, he knew that there were kids in his room that were being too loud and he
2: was just trying to go to sleep. Well, did you ever hear the kids, I mean, when they're running around the house, the ghost children, did they ever make noise? Were they laughing or talking or anything? Um, or were they just mobile?
1: Mobile. Yeah, they were just... They were never... To me, I never heard any sound. The only sound was what Jaden heard. Jaden could hear them. Yes. And he could see them. In fact, he knew one of their names. Hmm. Oh, well, he he knew... Actually, that's not true. He knew both their names. Really, And... um, He would say that it was... He would describe her, you know, like... You know what I'd ask? What does she look like? The one that was his quote unquote girlfriend. And mind you, you know we never talked about that. You know having a girlfriend or anything like that. That was something. And you know, again, it was just not part of his world.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: And he would describe her, and from what I can remember, that was one of the the little the blonde girl. He was describing the blonde girl that I'd seen run around. But again, nothing... Nothing ever... Harmful. I don't know. In fact, it was... It actually stopped when we left the house. That was the last time... You know... He would mention... They would become characters. You know, into what... You know, his, his creations and his imagination and stuff... They become characters, but the the constant talk about this this entity yeah. stopped. Um, let's see. So, I I like I said, I'd seen the dog, I'd seen the kids running around, and again, it wasn't so much, um, knowing that something was wrong or. Or anything like that. It was just kind of unnerving because then I started realizing, you know, exactly what what it was yeah. uh, that I was seeing. And we live in Apple Valley, so you, we can only imagine how many Indian burial, you know, grounds. Oh, but
2: they, uh, these kids weren't Indians, were they?
1: No, no, they were
2: white. Well, there you go. <clears throat> so... It would have been interesting if you could have, uh, especially since you had names for them, if you could have done some sort of research to find out... Who they were. yeah, I didn't even think about it. If somebody had died in the area... See, I haven't had any personal experiences of that nature. No apparitions or anything. The only really paranormal experience I had was, and I've mentioned this... uh, Many many episodes ago, but in uh, 1971, my my grandmother uh, was found in her apartment. She lived by herself. She was found down on the floor, still alive, but apparently paralyzed. And so they, she was taken to the hospital, and the doctors thought. She had a stroke, so they were treating her for a stroke, but it wasn't a stroke. What she had was uh, a Guillain-Barre syndrome, and that's a a progressive paralysis that starts at the extremities and works its way up through the body. So she was uh, quite ill. And since my mother and I were the only relatives she had in the area, uh, we were, like, splitting up the shifts, staying with her in the hospital. I'd stay during the day, and my mom would come, and she'd stay all night with her. So I guess it was Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. But anyway, I had spent the day at the hospital with my grandmother, and Uh, my mother came around six or seven o'clock in the evening and, and, uh, to spend the night. And I, she told me to go on home. So I lived about 45 minutes away at the time. So I drove home and I, you know, was tired and I got into bed, but I couldn't really sleep. And I was just laying there thinking about, you know, shit. And up in the corner of, the room, where the wall and the ceiling meet, suddenly this glowing light, this orb, appeared. And it was just about the size of a tennis ball or something, and it was sort of like pulsating slowly. And I'm looking at this, and <clears throat> I, I had been through enough weird stuff in my life that this didn't surprise me or freak me out or anything. I'm just looking at this and the light kind of moved across the wall and it stopped right directly across from me where I was lying down and it just started pulsating really fast and then it shot off into the corner where it came from and disappeared and i sudden i had this sudden urge to get up and, and go back to the hospital so i got up out of bed and i'm getting dressed and i woke my wife up and she goes well, what's going on and i said i have to go back to the hospital and she says, why and i said i don't know i just have to get back to the hospital so i got in the car and i drove another 45 minutes back to the hospital and i get upstairs <clears throat> going to my grandmother's room and I'm my mother's sitting there reading and She looks up and she says, what's wrong? What are you doing back here? And I said, I don't know. I just felt I had to come back. And I walked over to the bed and I took hold of my grandmother's hand. My mother was on the other side of the bed. She was holding her other hand. And my grandmother took like a deep breath and let it out. And then she didn't breathe anymore. And she died. And, uh... You know, all I can think of was that, uh, that was my godmother's spirit or something calling me, telling me to come back to the hospital so I could be there when she died. And since she helped raise me all those years, we were really close and everything. And I just, I can only assume that's what that was. Right. And, uh. That's. Well, there you go. See, but to me, that's that's actually kind of heartwarming. Yeah, well, well yeah, it's not a, like a, a freaky story with a no, a no, 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 not at all. I'm just saying it, it's a, it's a very eyes or anything. it's a very comforting story. <clears throat> uh. And since since that time, since she died, I have been in. Uh, a number of freaky accidents wherein I could have died easily and have not. And I don't know whether you know my grandmother's watching over me or something all this time. But...
1: it is very possible. I think that's very possible.
2: Yeah, well... I mean, I've heard other, you know, other stories of departed loved ones helping, you know, helping people out in serious situations or something. But I mean, I've been in just so many fucking near-death accidents in the past forty years that I just wonder sometimes if uh, she or somebody isn't you know.
1: looking out for you.
2: Yeah. So you never know.
1: I I actually have a grandma story. Oh, okay. Um, see, unfortunately. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I think I heard this great I I wasn't there when my grandmother passed away. And again, like you, you know, my my grandmother raised me. You know, from being, I think I might have been two, two to like eleven, almost twelve. Uh, when she had the stroke, you know, I was living with her, and she lived with us for off and on for like four years. But you know, the last two years of her life, she lived with us, and um, she became non-responsive in her room, and they, you know, they shipped her out nine-one-one, and <clears throat> during that process, um, she she passed away it was from a stroke mm-hmm. and I, I didn't get to say goodbye. I mean, I, I, I went to St. Mary's where she passed away and, and, you know, they have the quiet room and, and I went in there and, and, you know, paid my respects, but it's, that's kind of different from saying goodbye. Right. Well, <clears throat> after that, um, not too far after that, after the funeral, um, I ended up taking the room, her room, because her room had its own bathroom, and it was just a nicer, you know, and since I was the oldest, it was it was given to me. And from the very get-go, from the first night, I used to have this old touch lamp, and when I had it in the other room, and I mind you, I had this lamp in my room for years, and I never had no problems with it. First night that I brought it into this room, it would, it would just pop on. And at first I was like, you know, did I drop it? You know, did it get knocked over? But then after like the third night in a row, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting, you know, what it was. And by the end of that week, um, it was it was a Friday morning because I know, because I had like a big test. I was in high school. You know, I had a big test on Friday. And it came on, and I just rolled over real fast, touched it, turned it off, laid back down. And as soon as I shifted, the, you know, my back away from the lamp, it came back on. And this happened a couple times. And finally, just out of frustration, I set up, I said, Grandma, I know it's you. I love you. I'll miss you. You know, and and I'll never forget you. You know, and... You know, but I have to go take a test or something like that. Yeah, but that was my way of saying goodbye. Right, it turned off by itself. That was it.
2: Never came on again.
1: Never came on again. <clears throat> so that was her. I think, in my interpretation, she was sticking around. She wanted to hear me say goodbye. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So. Uh I'm trying to think if there's anything, any other stories. Yes, there is. There's one I'm
2: forgetting? The one, I'm sure you didn't forget it. Okay, what is it? Which the one? one about the dark entity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think. You don't want to talk about it, do you? <sighs> I will. Um. Well, I mean, you know, don't stress yourself out over it or anything. I mean, if it's really, you know,
1: no, it's just not a pleasant I know. Well um you know in in the Doesn't beginning like of the sh- it, in the beginning of the show, you know, I talked about that that entity was in the closet. Which that creeped me out. But as a little boy it was kind of uh you know, you're you're kind of stretching your thoughts to remember the whole situation and you kind of remember the voice. And it was a voice. Yeah. What I saw. And that's the key word, is I saw an entity. I don't know if you can. can you see the hair standing up on my arms? <laughs> um, now, and this has been debated, you know, were you asleep? No, I wasn't asleep. Um, I was wide awake.
2: The house was dark. Yeah, now, let's back up a minute. This is... Back at little beaver, right Yes, the little beaver apartment, the
1: same house with the
2: dog and the kids and yeah.
1: well let me let me back up a little bit further All right. because I, I, I think it might have I don't know if it originated from when when we moved back from Arkansas in 2000 uh, was two, no 2001 we ended up living with my mom's house. And we had this old TV, and I shit you not, it would turn on, and literally like someone was pushing the button, it would go 666, six, six, flash one, two, three times, turn off.
2: Wait a minute, you mean the figure 6 would come on the screen? Yeah,
1: like someone was punching in the, the channel 666. That's the way it would happen. It would. It would be like someone was punching in the numbers six
2: sixty six. The hair on his arms <laughs> is dancing. Um, <laughs> so the the actual numbers would appear on the screen. Yes. And it would flash. It would flash three times. And then shut off. And then shut off. Um,
1: and well, I don't think no. Well, it's a good story to tell, but. I was gonna say maybe I brought it with us, but I don't, it didn't bring it. It was it's still there. It's still there to this day. It's still that there. same TV is still in the house. Uh, no, the entity, over at my mom's oh. house. Um, so there's an entity over there too. Yes. Oh. And um. Lacey was woken up one night. Someone called her name three times, and we our our bedroom was right across the the, the hall from. My sister and her friend, they they lived in a, a room together. And, you know, let's see, they were 13 maybe. You know, they were kids. You know, so she thought it was just them being practical jokers. Mm-hmm. Well, when she ran into the room, and they were both sound asleep, you know. And Rebecca is a big girl, and Sammy, she was a big girl. So... In order for them to, like, try to huff it back, you know, because it came from outside the window. Oh, jeez. So, in order for them to, like, huff it around the house, through the front door, into the bedroom, jump in bed. Because they were such big girls, they would yeah. be, like, out of breath. They were asleep. So. Um, let me even back up a little bit further than that. When... Lacey was pregnant with Jaden. Lacey used to feel this evil entity. And she would see it standing at the the foot of the bed. Just this black entity. And now that I'm thinking about it, I I wonder if it's the same black entity. I hope not. Because I know what that means. Um, But she said that she felt like it was trying to come and take Jaden, to take Jaden's soul. And Lacey doesn't have no religious preference, so she doesn't have that symbolism. She just kind of, you know, you're not going to take my baby kind of thing. So anyway, to make a very long story short, she pretty much told the, the entity, you know, you're not taking my baby, you know, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And after she had Jaden, the entity disappeared. Were you still... Your mother's house, then? No, we were at a, an apartment oh. with uh, Lacey's mom. The three of us shared an apartment. The Little Beaver apartment? No, that was oh, uh, apartment. It was on C Avenue in Hesperia. Oh. And then we jumped to. From there, we we moved to my mom's house, and that's where the six 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 thing happened in oh. the voices. And then from there, we moved to Little Beaver. <clears throat> In the, the final year of living at that apartment, there was an entity that came into my room. Now, mind you, all the lights were turned off. So this creature was blacker than pitch black, if, if, that's, if you can yeah. imagine that in your mind. Well,
2: yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. <clears throat>
1: and um, it woke me up, called me by my middle name, which to this day still doesn't make sense because my my family, my blood family calls me by my middle name. They don't call me David, you know. And so I, I never, to this day, I haven't made the connection why this, this entity called me by my middle name instead of calling me David, because everybody else in the world knows me as David. And it was saying something, you know, um, like it was coming in peace, and it's a, it was an angel, it was a peaceful angel, And I picked up on a vibe right away. I I picked up on
2: evil. Just (coughs) real evil. Well, it was a massive dark thing. You know, that was probably a clue.
1: Right. So I confronted him. I said, you're not a peaceful entity. And it gave an evil demonic laugh. And at that point, now... And and we discussed this on different uh different show. You know, there's different variations of, of protection. You know, uh, you know, like the Wiccans you know, they, they saged a house and you know, they they put up that protection. Um, I don't know if there's any, you know, type of words or what's the word I'm looking for? Um I don't know.
2: Uh, ritual or yeah like a ritual or a yeah, chant yeah. or something like that that Well, you know, it's not a chant, but yeah, you uh say things to cleanse the the house of evil spirits. Well, and, and that's pretty much the same
1: process for, you know, and and then there's one um that was, you know, you you surround yourself with the white light and and as a Christian there's one. It's and it's all the same thing. It's all the same symb- symbology. Of, of what it's supposed to do. It's pres- supposed to protect you, you know. And um, I went to, to say this phrase, and I couldn't finish it because at that point I became still. I could not move. I could not talk. I, I couldn't set up. I couldn't do anything. And so I was trying to say it in my head, and the creature laughed again, and said it had to be verbal in order for it to be effective um, and i i remember it was it was coming closer and closer to the bed and then finally at that point i was able to i shot up yelling these words and which kind of weird because i didn't wake lacey up lacey slept right through it but i was literally like yelling you know the the words And as soon as that happened, the entity just melted into the darkness. Again, that's, it's something that it stood out in pitch black, but you could literally see it fading into the darkness. Right. And, um, knock on wood, that was, that was the last type of incident I ever had. And I really, honestly, truly, hope that stays that way because these aren't enjoyable you know situations
0: right
1: all right kids i hope you enjoyed that that was fun like i said we uh we we sat down and we talked some really good stuff and and you know the stuff that i said was all true i remember that i wasn't making nothing up that was all factual stuff um too bad uh that show ended it was really fun to do Anyway, come back Monday, and it'll be Rebecca, Aaron, and I, and we will present to you Episode 97 as we continue to head down the road to Episode 100 of Seeing Red. For this week, I am David K. Montoya, and if you're just somebody that does not like Halloween, scary stuff, trick-or-treating candy, candy corn, witches, warlocks, and all that goes bump in the night, then you might be seeing red. See you on Monday, kids. Welcome.
0: ...to see red. Don't say we didn't warn you.